Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I am Mike Palm and he is Amal Shaw. It's Christmas Day again at VSIN. College basketball starts today, Amal. You've been waiting for this day ever since Baylor cut down the nets last spring. Yeah, probably have, but uh, you know what? I, I tell you right now, I'll be a lot better prepared in a couple of weeks once you get an opportunity to see these teams. Speaking of which, on November 23rd, UCLA plays Gonzaga. I don't know if this game should be played in Holmby Hills or where or Beverly Hills based on the prices they're charging for this game. Are they out of their mind? $100 for the nosebleed, $1,000 for floor seats. By the way, plenty of good seats available. <laughs> uh, just before we get to Monday Night Football, yeah. your thoughts off the top. Give me four teams that can win the national championship this year. Oh, let's start with the usual suspect, Kansas, uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, and then I think Memphis is a team you got to keep an eye on. I think this team's going to be extremely dangerous. So those four, Kansas, the longest shot uh, preseason at 16-1. to 1. Gonzaga, your favorite, plus 650. UCLA, 12-1. to 1. Memphis, 15-1. to 1. Yeah, you got to always consider the Rat and Duke as well because yeah. they're going to have an opportunity. You know, you're going to start out the game in the double bonus in the second half when Wisconsin doesn't foul, so that way you get an opportunity to win the national championship. Is Duke the best team in the ACC? Uh, at this point in time, probably, yeah. How good can Carolina be? Uh, we'll see. I want to see what Hubert Davis yeah. does. They don't have necessarily the same level of recruits that they once had under Roy. Mm-hmm. By the way, remember, Roy won three national titles during the same stretch that he was there when Coach K only won two. We'll see how well they perform. It'll be interesting to see. This is a guy that has coveted this job for a long time. Now he is the head man. Let's see how he does. All right, Monday Night Football was an interesting game. Um, a very sort of lethargic game for the first three quarters. And then the Bears found some life in the fourth quarter. Rallied to actually take the lead in the last two minutes. But Big Ben got it done. They marched down the field and uh, kicked the game-winning field goal. 29-26 Steelers, uh, uh, 27 Steelers. Bears uh, get the money, plus seven. And game, which looked like an under for three quarters, runs over in the fourth quarter. Let's talk about the Bears and Justin Fields in the fourth quarter. Were you impressed with his performance? And is this a harbinger of good things to come for Justin Fields? I think so. He looked like he was playing with a ton of confidence. You know, the only thing I would have disagreed with was when the Bears got the ball first down and 10 about the 15 or 16-yard line after the Robinson play, run the football first. Put yourself in a position where either you win the game and you just walk off the field or, in essence, give the uh, Steelers very little time. But they left so much time on the uh, clock there, and obviously we see the Steelers go right down the field. But I was impressed with what he was able to do. Struggled most of the night, but really got it together later in that game, particularly in the third and fourth quarter. Mike, I want to go to one thing real quickly, and this is why I hate how dumb these coaches are, special teams. You know, if the Steelers, so I'm an advocate of, in that situation, Bears are down by 10, which they punted from their own 20, 30-yard line, I think it was, fourth down and five. 
I was an advocate for not sending anybody back. I don't care if the ball gets down at the one-yard line. That fumble returned by the Bears for a touchdown. They got no chance in this game if they don't send anybody back for the punt return. You're going to take two minutes off the clock. There's a lot greater, uh, excuse me, a lot less likelihood of you fumbling the ball on offense than you are on the punt return on special teams. If you look at the number of touches per game a special teams has an opportunity for compared to the offense, there's a greater risk of turnover on special teams, and we saw it happen. That's what allowed the Bears to come back in this game. You know, I was watching that game in Ames Saturday night, and I think there was only two punts that were returned all night. Yeah. They either let him bounce or they fair caught him. And I was discussing it with the guys in the in the in the suite with me, and they said, "Look, they the special teams in this situation." Unless you're behind multiple scores, they just don't want to turn the ball over in that spot. Ohio State and Ryan Day always fair catch the ball because he's like, I got my offense. I'm going to let them go down and move the football. And to me, that's the thing. If you look at that game, we're not even talking about this game, really, if the Steelers just fair catch that punt. What are you doing in that situation? What are you gaining? Are you going to go 75, 80 yards for a punt return touchdown? Fair catch the ball. Give the ball to Ben and Najee. I don't care if they don't gain a yard. Run three straight plays and take 120 or excuse me, 120 seconds off the clock and punt the ball. You and I talk about how valuable Chris Boswell is, especially kicking in a tough place oh my like field. He doesn't have the range of a Tucker, yeah. but he's just as reliable. Well, then again, who does? Right. I mean, Justin Nobody Tucker's does. an aberration. No one, on right? <laughs> no one on earth, right? I mean, if Justin Tucker was taking that kick yesterday, you would have been scared. But, you know, Cairo Santos, even though he had made 40 in a row, a little bit too far out. I'll speak to this point later in the week uh, when I'm on Follow the Money during No Hyperbole, but how bad was Tony Carrente last night? I tell you what, Tony Carrente deserves to be suspended. You know, he bumped the player, and I, I thought, and he's, to me, he, and I love the fact that he came out and said that. By the way, the karate kick was unbelievable. <laughs> that was a great, that was unbelievable. But, um, you know, to me, I, I thought he should have been suspended by the NFL. I think they should review it. You look at it, he bumps the guy. 100% should be a suspension. Yeah. And listen, in the pool reporter interview afterwards, they asked him about the contact and the unsportsman and like, he said, the sportsman like had nothing to do with the contact, that it was the fact that he had taken steps towards the Steelers sideline and the taunting. But then why didn't he throw the flag well before he returned to his sideline and before the contact? Yeah, I, I tell you what, I don't have a problem with taunting calls. I mean, Derek, Derek Stevens doesn't walk around going up to every guy on the street. He says, hey, I'm richer than you. I mean, I don't understand this. Why the hell does every guy after they make a play? You get paid to make plays. That is your job. Why are you going to sit there and be an idiot and cost your team an opportunity? You know what? He's fortunate the game played out the way it did. They get that big sack. And by the way, can someone tell Sean Desai in the Bears defense, he's the DC for the Bears, hey, the neutral zone is where the football is. You're not allowed to line up in it. Those six inches are costing you five yards every time. Give me a break. What are they doing? Send that lesson to the New York Giants and Joe Judge as well. <laughs> uh, who would you compare Justin Fields to past or present as a quarterback comp, somebody that's played in this league? I, I don't know. That's a great question. I have to think about it for a minute. Um, don't really have anybody off the top of my head, but but I will tell you the young quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. I know Wilson's had some hiccups, but the Jets overall are a bad team. They've been without Mekhi Becton for a while. Trevor Lawrence has shown some glimpses along the way. Uh, Trey Lance really haven't seen enough of to be able to kind of determine what's going to happen with him. But I think if you're New England and if you're Chicago, you're starting to feel pretty good about where your future stands with your quarterback situation. I think Justin Fields showed me a lot. I, I was really impressed against this Steelers defense. Is there a better chance that in three years, Justin Fields is the Bears quarterback or Matt Nagy is the Bears head coach? I'm going to tell you right now, with the lack of discipline this team has, they should have gone full Pat Hayden and said, hey, listen, Nagy, you're not getting on this plane to Chicago, back to Chicago. We're going to get you a private transportation tomorrow. You're done. This guy is so bad. I mean, I mean, you talk about a guy. I want to know who he's got pictures of. There's no reason for this guy to be continuously recycled by the Chicago Bears. Fire him. Bring in a coach that's going to be able to turn things around. Mike, how many penalties did they have yesterday? I, I don't know, but they were all undisciplined penalties. Absolutely. So sloppy. That's a game that, in one instance, if Steelers don't fumble the punt, they're not in the game. But in another instance, there's many ways where the Bears could have won this game. I thought, though, the uh, pass interference penalty for 30 yards that the Bears, excuse me, the Steelers got the uh, field goal down by mm -hmm. Boswell, I thought that was a horrible call. I couldn't believe that was a pass interference call. But, you know, a lot of these penalties are to be expected, except the ones with the uh, lining up in the neutral zone. Yeah. Tony Carrente, I think he gets paid by the flag. Well, every game he's in, there's a lot of – this goes back to three years ago in the wild card game between the Bills and the Texans in Houston. And they kicked – the Texans kicked the ball off. The Bills receiver caught the ball in the end zone and flipped it to Carrente, and he called it a touchdown. 
Then he called it a safety. The alternate official that's there in case someone gets injured had to come over to him and say, it's a touchback, Tony. They're allowed to do that. If they don't go forward, the play is over. Now it is if they get it to the end zone, they're just already waving it down. I mean, uh, are they afraid to fire him because because he's a cancer survivor? I I, I don't know. But I mean, he's terrible. His prime was about 20 years ago and he gets every every big game. He's on every network game, every network game, uh, national game he's on. Okay. You talked about the young quarterbacks. Let's leave Trey Lance out of it because he hasn't had significant playing time. Let's talk about the five that have. Fields, Wilson, Jones, Lawrence, and then you have to put in Davis Mills. He's been forced into that role because because of the injury in Houston. Rank those five for me right now so far in their performance. Jones, Fields, Lawrence, uh, Wilson, uh, Mills. Incomplete on uh, Lance, yeah, so uh, Mills, yeah. So... You would put Fields above uh, Trevor Lawrence so far. Yeah. Tell me why. Because he, if you've noticed, now some of the deeper throws he's been a little bit inaccurate on, but there have been some glimpses there you could see this team could move the ball once they start getting it going. The play calling has been horrendous at times, but there looks like you see that this is what you want out of your starting quarterback. Let me tell you, the way he looked on those couple of drives where they scored, Mike, I mean, well, actually the one was on the punt return, but, you know, they had a... 16-play drive for 104 yards, and they got a field goal. Think about that. 88 yards passing yeah. and 16 rushing yards. How many penalties are you going to have that you wind up <laughs> kicking a field goal? I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. I um, My problem with Fields is that he doesn't hold on to the ball when he gets hit. I'm concerned about his fumbling, right? I'm concerned about when he gets hit, uh, not running necessarily, but when he gets hit in the pocket from the pass rush, he fumbles the ball way too often. He, he shouldn't. He's got to take care of the ball better. All right. Let's, it's Tuesday, so let's go to three up and three down. Let's start with the upside. Our common team here, the Titans, we both had them first from this week. Yeah, I'm really impressed with that road win, and it wasn't just a victory. I mean, let's be real. Matthew Stafford gifted that game to the Tennessee Titans, but it was more impre- I was more impressed with the Tennessee defense and what they were able to do, really styming this Rams offense, really did a nice job in this matchup. Uh, you've got the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I do, because I thought it was a great win without uh, Kyler Murray in there and DeAndre Hopkins. Really impressive, the job that they did. And to win this game in San Francisco, you really just crush a division opponent from having any chance. Remember, if the Niners win that game, they're 4-4, four and four, Arizona's at 6-2. and two, But now you're in a situation where this team is in a comfortable position at 7-1. and one. You feel good about your chance to win this division. You have to beat the Rams, obviously. But now San Francisco's somewhat dead and buried. And Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I, I tell you what, they, this defense continues to play well. Now, you're always going to look good anytime you play Sam Darnold, but I don't think it's just that. Against the Chargers, against this uh, Carolina team. And, Mike, I didn't realize this. I'm looking at the standings last night. They're only a game behind Buffalo. they got a great opportunity here. Yeah. I, I included the Broncos. I thought the defensive performance at Dallas was something special. No one has been able to, to do that to the Dallas offense so far this year. And look, Amal, they're 5-4, and four, and they have their whole season ahead of them in the AFC West in terms of a lot of division games still to play. So they're really going to control their own destiny. I put the Falcons. I, you know, I didn't have a problem with your pick on that. I, I would have wrote the Falcons off a couple of weeks ago. Matt Ryan's playing better. I think Arthur Smith's starting to get the hang of being a head coach. Okay, common down. We both said the Bills. Let's skip that one. Um, you said Saints and Bengals for your other two down teams. Yeah, I thought the loss by the Bengals was catastrophic. You got a chance to really, how Arizona, I talked about them beating the 49ers. This was an opportunity if you are the Cincinnati Bengals to take care of a division opponent. They missed out on that chance. All right, and then my other two, I went with your Rams just because they had been taking care of business against anybody and because they really didn't mount a rally in the second half. I thought we would have seen something out of them. And then 49ers. This is a god-awful loss to Colt McCoy, I thought. Again, they had to win at home. Can't lose that game. In division. All right, up up next, we're going to have friend of the show, Max Starks, former Florida Gator, former Pittsburgh Steeler. We're going to ask him about both those organizations when we come back. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Play it plus $2. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, and Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strings so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw, and it's our pleasure to welcome back to the program Max Stark, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, proud graduate of the University of Florida. Good afternoon, Max. How are you? Doing good, guys. Cannot complain. How y'all doing? We're doing great. Better for having you on. Max, let's talk about uh, last night's game in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought the offensive line had been showing progress for the last couple of weeks. Maybe not a step back, but not a step forward last night. How would you assess the Steelers' performance so far this year, and do you still think they're going to be a playoff team? Well, I give I give them a grade of G, um, and the G is gutty. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those things when you look at it, it's it's not going to be pretty. I mean, this team doesn't have all of the sexy names at every position, right? You know, we have an 18-year quarterback who's been there, who's done it, who's seen it, and Ben Roethlisberger. We have a dynamic young back, or albeit still a rookie, um, dynamic tight end. Still a rookie. That's your first and second round pick. Um, third round pick, starting at left tackle, right? <laughs> I mean, also at center. We've got another draft pick. So when you look at that, it, it's a lot of potential that's try, that you're trying to put together. Um, no other place do you have two rookies starting in that team above 500. Um, that just doesn't happen normally. Normally when you have two rookies starting at a position, your teams usually suck. And the Steelers are not that. Um, and so I think it's going to be a push-pull, right? For as good as it's going to be one week, it's going to look like a retraction the next week. You're going to take another step forward one week, maybe take another baby step forward, and then you fall backwards. But the most important thing is is that these young guys that are playing on the offensive line are learning on the job, and it's not costing the team yet. And you hope that they will come up to speed and get up to speed um, the further as we progress into the season, because, you know, we're at the old halfway point. Um, 
the new almost halfway point with the 17th uh, game this season. So, I mean, there's still a lot of growth. There's still a lot of potential, but there's still a lot of things to be, to be happy about where the Steelers are at right now. Max, I want to ask you a strategy question. Yesterday, with about seven minutes to go, down by 10, uh, the Bears punt the football, and the Steelers fumble the ball there. I was really surprised, and forget the fact that it was a fumble, and I'm saying this after the fact. I'm not a big fan of special teams in certain situations, let alone fair catching it, even fielding the punt. I don't even send anybody back because I don't think the Bears can come back in the game if the Steelers just let the ball die, even if it's at the one-yard line, you run Najee three times and you punt the ball. What is your feeling on these situations? To me, why not just fair catch the ball and not even send somebody close to the football because the Bears are not going to be able to slow you down enough to where you're going to move the ball twice in five minutes against this Bears defense, excuse me, against the Pittsburgh defense. Well, I think also it's about creating momentum, right? I think with what Ray Ray had, had been doing up to this point was that he was a sound decision maker. And at that point, you're like, hey, can I do something to put us in a position where we could at least put this game completely out of uh, uh, out of reach, right? You know, make it a make it a true full two score, two touchdown game instead of a touchdown field goal game. You want to always be that spark when you feel like the team's lulling, right? Because defense needed a blow, and you want to put yourself in a position where you can at least get some momentum, be closer to midfield. Now, once again, do I do? Am I also giving credence to what Ray Ray did by running into a wall of guys and then trying to do a spin move off of it and lose the ball? Absolutely not. But I get fielding a ball cleanly if if you have that opportunity to um, field it cleanly, field it cleanly, and then go from there. But I mean, it's it's also one of the things. It's a feel thing, you know. You, you, you there, there's it's bad when it doesn't work out, but amazing when it does work out. And I think you know Ray Ray kind of felt like uh, he's been primed to kind of pop one. I think you always want to make that splash play, but I just think. In that situation, you just have to make sure if you are getting contact, there's no way of making that to secure the football. Because if he doesn't fumble that, then it's no harm, no foul. But you do fumble it, and it does result in a score. Now it's a three-score game or a three-point game. And that's, that's, where, that's what we didn't want to happen. And I think that's kind of where you sit there and you cringe about it. But you have to be able to live with those decisions and then try and do your best to make up for them when you have the opportunity to. Talking with Max Stark, Sirius XM football analyst, NFL analyst, two-time Super Bowl champion, at MaxStark78 on Twitter. Uh, Max, the AFC North, all four teams are above 500 at this point. The Ravens a game ahead of the Steelers, who are a half game ahead of both the Browns and the Bengals. As you look at the race right now, it looks like this division has a great chance of getting three teams into the playoffs. Who's the odd man left out if that happens? Well, I mean, if we're going based off of the last couple of weeks, it would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, for as good as they were, is also how bad as they've been in the last couple of weeks. And I think if they don't get that corrected, that, that they could end up being that odd man out in this division. But I think it's so tight that, you know, from week to week, you can go from worst to first, um, you know, within a week's time. I think that's the mark of a really solid division. I mean, I look at Look at that. I look at our division. I look I look out west to the AFC West division. Uh, that that group is all knotted up together. So I think, you know, it's just going to come down to who can who can sustain, right? Who can put those win streaks together, especially when it comes to December. So I think that cuz that's when you separate yourself from the pack. Like it's good that it's tight now cuz that's how it's supposed to be. That's the way our, you know, our our division schedule shakes out to where you're going to be tight and competitive. But December's when you start pulling away. And I think, you know, I'm looking at clear-cut winner um, is not going to come until the end of December. And, in fact, it could come down to the last weekend when the Steelers play the Ravens uh, January 9th. Could be, I mean, because things are just that tight with each team. So it's going to be a challenge. But I, right now, if I had to say it, just based off of the way teams are trending right now, I would say Cincinnati might be the odd man out one more time, but it will be an improvement from last year. Max, Max, let's go to the college ranks. The Florida Gators really struggling right now at four and five. Dan Mullen fires Todd Grantham and the offensive line coach. Where does this program go? Do they retain Dan Mullen moving forward? What does it look like for you? And why is Florida not more dominant since Urban left? To me, you know, you look at it, all due respect to Florida State and Miami. They've had great runs over the last three decades, but Florida is the flagship university in that state centrally located, can really bring in recruits, great place to go to school. I'm surprised they're not right there with Georgia and Alabama in terms of fours and five stars. 
Well, I just think it's one of those things where you're just you're not trending in the right direction. I mean, we'll say this, you know, for as great as Dan Mullen is, he's an amazing offensive mind, and he's amazing at molding quarterbacks um, for the most part. But, you know, like you said, this year it, it's the first real um, attrition that Dan Mullen's faced in his, in his head coaching tenure. Because even at Mississippi State, he didn't have these type of issues. But I think also the expectation, right? You're coming in preseason ranked number 10 when it was a very visible uh, re- rebuilding year. Um, because you can't you can't replace Kyle Trask, you can't replace Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony and the production that they had. Um, but the one thing that you can build upon is Todd Grantham's defense. It was bad last year, still bad this year. That's why I think they made the change to get to move on from Grantham because they know they need they need they need an upgrade there. It doesn't matter about the recruiting if you don't have the execution and the X's and O's. So I th- I don't think that. The Gators would be foolish to move on from Dan Mullen at this particular point. When you look at the resume and the body of work up to this point, you know, this is an aberration year. And so you need to be able to give him a shot at redeeming himself, making the proper tweaks and changes, and see what next year looks like. But I also agree that, you know, the talent, you know, if you're Florida and you're one of those flagship schools, you shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't be happy that you're in the top 25 of recruiting. You should be pissed that you know that you're outside the top ten. I mean, that, that's kind of what the standard of expectation is when it comes to recruiting. But I mean, I will say this: I I, I do think that you know the transfer portal is still something because it's now become that that it was taboo before to go into that transfer portal. But now because you do have the one move, no harm, no foul. I mean, I think that's kind of also the misnomer as well is that type of recruiting matters as well. You know how you how you recruit in that portal is just as important as the high school kids that that you're trying to draw in and then retain those same said kids. So I think I think we have to look at it from a full holistic approach, where we can't just look at the, the recruiting as far as the high school four and five stars, but we also have to look at that transfer portal because a lot of four and five stars that go one place end up on you know in the portal the next year. Um, with an opportunity to come and still be a four or five star, just one year removed from high school um, at a new team. So I think I have to get a better picture from Matt to get a true feel for them. Max, thanks for the time and your thoughts and insights. Terrific as always. Nah, my pleasure, guys. You guys take care and have a great week. You too. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at tonight's Maction. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With college basketball starting today, now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for only $10. (laughs) This year's guide has everything you need to bet on the games all season long, including odds, trends, powers ratings, and analysis for each team. Our team of experts, including Maddie Humans, Tim Murray, and Greg Hoops-Peterson provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and you get your copy for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. $9.99 for 446 pages of information. Thank you, Don LaPree. <laughs> Welcome back into Hassan. That's Amal Shaw. I'm Mike Palm. I'm glad to know Tim Murray's a college basketball expert. All right, let's get into the action tonight. I'm always saw... Crazy opening week last week. A lot of dogs covered. A lot of uh, a lot of high scoring games as uh, as we become accustomed to. Let's start out in uh, in Miami in Ohio, of course, tonight as they host Buffalo. Miami seven and a half point favorite in this game with a total of fifty seven. Both these teams very similar. Buffalo three five and one four and five straight up against the spread four and five straight up. Miami three and six against the spread. Four and five straight up. Any lean on this game? Yeah, I, I'm going to stay away from this game. I think it'll be a competitive game. Mm-hmm. Miami can move the ball through the air. Gabbert, the younger brother of Blaine Gabbert there, can really throw the ball. But Jack Sorensen's a name you want to keep an eye out for. If you play fantasy football, this is a guy who's going to catch on a roster that people are unfamiliar with. I just said that because he's going to have a ton of catches. What's your problem? Nothing. nothing. Uh, you just make a face. I mean, that's all I was asking. Oh, anyway, I think Miami's got a chance here. But Buffalo, they've been inconsistent this year. The Bulls are not the same team we've seen about the last half a decade. All right, let's move on to Western Michigan, who owns a victory over Pittsburgh this year, by the way. I mean, that's like their Super Bowl. They're going to host uh, one of the stalwarts of the MAC, obviously, <laughs> Akron. 
Uh, <laughs> Western Michigan only laying 24 and a half in this spot. Total is 61 and a half. If you don't want to lay the big number, Amal, you can lay minus 3,300. Uh, Western Michigan, five and four against two and seven Akron. Yeah, Akron just fired their coach, Tom Art. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a tough situation here in this one. But I'll tell you, Mike, I think when you look at this Western Michigan team, they run the ball. They're top four in terms of clock uh, control in uh, the FBS, uh, just behind the three service academies. But in this game, I think they're going to be able to rip off chunks of yardage against Akron here. I think the Zips are in a little bit of trouble. But 24.5 seems like a bit of a too big number here. I would take a look at the Zips and the points here. Don't want to touch this game. Okay, and then Ohio goes to Eastern Michigan. Boy, I'll tell you something. When Frank Soldich leaves the program, down, 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 does it go? I, I couldn't agree with you more. You this look Ohio at the, team is really bad. They are. They're, they're hard to watch. I'll tell you what, they're fortunate to win this game against Miami of Ohio right. because Miami of yeah. Ohio gambled inside yeah. their own 30-yard line in the third quarter for no reason. Unnecessarily. Yes. Exactly right. And uh, Kirk uh, O'Rourke was outstanding in this one. But I don't know if he'll play as well here. I like Eastern Michigan. They had a good road win at Toledo. This has been an under-the-radar team in the MAC, not getting enough credit here. I think Eastern can slow down Ohio just enough to win this game. Uh, five and a half, total 61 and a half. I like the under here, Amal. I know that it's hard to bet unders. No, it's not a bad play with I, Ohio. I, I think it's too high. I, yeah, I tend to agree that it's not a bad play. We saw uh, Eastern and Toledo score about a million points last week. Well, let's see what happens this week. Speaking of programs Frank Solich leaves, what did you think of the restructuring of Scott Frost contract and all the conditions in order for him to keep his job. You know, our producer, Britton Hess, went to school at Nebraska. Him and I were talking before the show, and he, him and I disagreed. He said, oh, it's a bad move for both sides. I actually said it's a good move for both sides because Scott Frost was not going to get a head coaching job at, at a Power 5 school anytime soon. Could have been another Turner Gill situation where he got fired at Kansas. Nobody hires you after that. But more importantly, the buyout now reduces from $15 million to $7.5 million. So he's taking money off the table, in essence, that would have gone into his pocket. And his salary goes from $5 million to $4 million next year. But I still think when you look at Nebraska, they lost by seven to Oklahoma. They were competitive against the Buckeyes. They had lost on a punt return against Michigan State. By the way, they have no special teams coach. Why, I don't know. This is a team that's been in a lot of games. They haven't had an opportunity to win. It's the fact that they've stayed with this offensive turnover plague, Adrian Martinez. My God, this guy just turns the ball over every time. Can we stop with him? So you think Frost is Nebraska's best option? Or financially, this is what made sense for the university. Financially makes sense, but also, who are you bringing in right now that you think you got LSU, USC? There are some marquee programs with some openings out there. Nebraska is not high on the list right now. No, they're not. They're a mid-tier Big Ten West school. You know, people forget the greatness of Tom Osborne because he was able to recruit nationally. California, Lawrence Phillips, Bradenton, Manatee, Tommy Frazier. I mean, they went all over the country, the Peters brothers from New Jersey. They got guys from all over. I think Booker was from Arizona. I mean, can you still go get those types of players? I don't know. I thought it was a bad move for them to leave the Big 8, Big 12, only because I think you get to recruit Texas. You have a bigger advantage to recruit Texas when you're playing in there. Four, three or four times a year. Well, a couple of things. Number one, the number of players they've had from Texas has dropped appreciably on the Nebraska roster. But more importantly, my question is, why has Ohio State gone into Texas the last three years and got the number one recruit from Texas? But remember, last- but remember Ohio State did a good thing and scheduled those home and homes with Texas, too. That, that was 2005, well. 2006. It laid the groundwork, okay? I'm all- yeah. <laughs> These kids weren't even, didn't even know what was going on. What, are you kidding me? I, I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let's talk a little Heisman. You mentioned it yesterday yeah. uh, about the Heisman odds. Bryce Young, still your favorite at plus 180. Why? You believe Kenneth Walker's going to win it. He's plus 280. Is that worth a bet right now? Yeah, it is. I don't think he's necessarily going to win it. I think he should be the favorite. I don't even know where Stroud is, Stroud is at 4-1. to one. Stroud doesn't look. He's looked pedestrian the last couple of games. He shouldn't be up that high. Caleb Williams, really? I mean, to me, this is a two-horse race right now. Bryce Young is just the guy because, you know, you have to have somebody. It's like kind of like, City Council. People just vote for somebody they know the name of locally. And it's a same, similar situation here. Bryce Young is just here because Alabama has played well. He hasn't turned the ball over. I think 28 touchdowns, three picks for him so far. But Kenneth Walker leads the nation in rushing. Michigan State without Kenneth Walker is probably challenging for a bowl game right now. Who are the three guys getting invited if the season ended today? There should be is only two guys. Three? No, it should only be two guys. Just the top two? Yeah, Young and Walker. So you don't think anybody's worth a bet then outside of this group? I mean, we'd have to see a precipitous drop-off from Young and Walker for anybody else to be able to merge. Now, Stroud does have some marquee matches, Michigan State, Michigan, a Big Ten championship game, but he hasn't played well against Nebraska and Penn State, so I don't see how you could put him in there. Caleb Williams won't have enough time this year to be eligible for the award to get votes for the award. Yeah, but also, I mean, what what are we basing this on? Coming back against the Shorthorns? I mean, Mm -hmm. Texas has struggled all year long. They keep losing games left and right. Did they even have a pulse in that game? You you saw them live in person in Ames. Oh, they're bad. They have no quarterback play. That's exactly. They, they can't. They can't throw the ball accurately beyond like six, seven yards past the line of scrimmage. That's exactly. Yeah. So, 
You know, you could be a great offensive mind, but if your quarterback can't throw the ball, it's really tough. Well, it's also a lot easier when you've got Devontae Smith and uh, some of those other players, Najee Harris and Mac Jones. All right, let's take a look at some of the conference matchups. Let's go to the Big 12 Conference Championship odds. Oklahoma is your favorite at minus 280. OK State, plus 350. Iowa State, 12 to 1. Baylor, 14 to 1. Is Oklahoma State plus 350 worth a bet? I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. You, you, I mean, you, you look, here's the thing. You hope Oklahoma State loses Bedlam. They get in. And then they lose, I mean, yep. then they win the rematch. But they don't get in directly unless Iowa State drops another game. Yeah, but Iowa State still has Oklahoma, too. Yeah, so right? you hope so Oklahoma wins that Norman. game. Yeah. At Norman. So that, that's the way it could happen. Um, but really, this is a bet that you beat Oklahoma twice if you're taking plus 350. You get better off parlaying it, betting yeah. the game separately. Yeah, but also right? I would make the argument that you can probably get uh, pretty good odds if Oklahoma State loses Bedlam and they got to play the rematch. Yeah. Okay. All right, Pac-12, Oregon, slight favorite, minus 115. Utah, plus 105. And then the other two, Washington State, 22 to 1. Arizona State, 40 to 1. Is Oregon worth the bet at minus 115? I do not think so. I think Utah is probably the better bet to make at this point in time. Look, I, I don't understand this. Uh, What's the number in a game in Vegas? Isn't Oregon going to be five and a half, six? No, not that much. No, it'll be a field no, goal? No, I think it's a field goal, yeah, really? three and a half, maybe. Utah's a pretty good team. Kyle Whittingham's a very good coach. When you when you forget, you take recruiting out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Whittingham's a better coach than Mario Cristobal. They've got the better quarterback in Cameron Rising compared to Anthony Brown. That's the difference. And the quarterback play is still the most important thing in football. Okay. Um, SEC, you've made your thoughts known. You like your what was the price you got on Georgia? Plus two dollars. Plus two dollars. Right yeah. now they're minus two ten. Alabama plus one seventy five. If you think. Auburn can beat Alabama. A&M at 35 to 1 is an interesting choice. Yeah, they're not bad because they can get into the SEC title game. Remember, if Auburn were to beat Alabama and Auburn, A&M and Alabama all had two losses in the West, Texas A&M overs the tie break over both having uh, their two losses outside of that group. I think the 35 to 1 based on the odds you have to take a look at A&M. Yeah, I, I would as well. I think very good defense. Very very good defense. And then the ACC Pitt plus 130 Wake Forest plus three fifty, NC State plus five fifty, and Miami plus eight dollars. Yeah, I, I think you know you look at Pittsburgh. I still think they're the team to beat in this league. I know there's some other teams that have kind of emerged throughout the course of the season, but to me, it is uh, Pittsburgh in terms of how they've been able to play. Kenny Pickett, I, I really like him at quarterback. You know, he may not have the arm that people want for a quarterback in terms of the next level, but I think he's going to be a guy that's very effective. Tremendous accuracy. All right, let's take a look at the remaining schedules of these teams. Um, remember, Miami beat Pitt heads up. Miami goes to Florida State. They host Virginia Tech and then add Duke. Three winnable games. Absolutely. I think they've got a great chance to be able to run the table in terms of what they have remaining. Pitt's got a tough game this week, UNC. Mm-hmm. That's no gimme. Then they host Florida, and then they have to go to a tough place, the Carrier Dome, to play Syracuse. They'll be fine in that game. I, I, I think they'll be okay overall. But Miami's playing a lot better. Uh, that's the one thing you got to pay attention to. Of course, they had that head-to-head win. Yeah, they did. If Van Dyke had been the quarterback from day one, is Miami winning the ACC? I think so. I think it's a different climate in terms of what happens with the Hurricanes. Manny Diaz probably not on the hot seat. It's starting to cool a little bit, but let's see how the season finishes yeah, out. Yeah, let's see if they can finish with three wins um, in the division. Okay, when we come back, we'll take a look at our plays for the evening. We'll preview some of the conferences in the uh, NFL and a quick look at Stanley Cup futures. That's next on Odds On. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their reduced to juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com. In New Jersey, must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9. With it, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back into Odds On. That was Amal Shaw. I'm Mike Palm. Well, Amal, I played a hockey first period under last night. I saw the finish. I get beat with a shorthanded goal a with four seconds. Was, yeah. All right. Enough now. I'm out tonight. <laughs> it's a, it's I'm, I'm all out for me. You do have a play. Yeah, I do college <laughs> football. I got Eastern Michigan here laying six. Line's now down to five and a half here. I like uh, Eastern Michigan to win this game in Ypsilanti against the Bobcats. Uh, they have played well. They've gone under the radar this year. By the way, this is going to be a hard game to watch. They've got that stupid gray turf up in Eastern. You know, yeah, Eastern know. Washington, Boise, and Eastern Michigan should never allowed, at least be they allowed play to play at night. It's better to watch it at night than in the day. That that gray turf with the sun shining on it is really tough watch. Oh, my God. Stop How about the, the red turf at, at Eastern the Washington? Chaney. Yeah, the Chaney blood Washington. red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> While you're at it, get rid of Boise. They're useless anyway. <laughs> it used to be fun because they played the bowl game, the, the potato yeah, bowl. Potato, potato bowl. bowl there. And they said, By the way, that's not a bowl game. That's not a benefit. That's a punishment. Hey, guys, we, we're a team from somewhat uh, southern state. We're going to go up to 30 degrees in Boise, Idaho. Do you want to go there? I Hell I re- no. I remember Virginia and Al Groh going up there. The snow was as high as they were on the field. It was just a miserable game. It was cold. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's not. I'm going to play that game under, now that you, you mentioned it. I'm going to go under 61.5 in that game for a small play. All right, we talked with Max Starks about the AFC North. Currently, the Ravens minus 175 to win the division. Browns are the second choice still at plus 450. Steelers are 550, and the Bengals are 700. You told me all along you like the Ravens to win the division. I, I, had the, I like the Browns. I think you're right there. Well, hold on. Well, hold on. You say it's not over. No, because I'm going to tell you what. I don't think the Ravens are as good as I thought. They pull out a game against the Colts. Mm. They pull out a game against <laughs> against the uh, Lions with an NFL record 66-yard field goal, and it hits the crossbar and goes over. And then they were very fortunate against the Minnesota Vikings. Luckily, Kirk Cousins was on the other side of that field, and one time he sees a blitz, he pulls the full Derek Carr and gets rid of that ball. When was the last time you saw a ball in the NFL get thrown between two receivers that just just so, softly hit the ground? No chance of even being caught. He's kind of sidearms <laughs> yeah. it out there. 
It's unbelievable. You're getting paid $28 million a year. You can't take a hit. You think the Browns could still win the division? I do because mm. they have a running game. This team is good defensively. They still have some players, right? Newsom and Ward are turning into a nice combination. The problem with Denzel Ward is it's in his contract. He's got to be hurt at least four games of the year. Can never play more than 12. Uh, I have a question for you. Are they better without Odell Beckham now? Absolutely. Look at the stats for uh, Baker. It's always been the case. I think it's a addition by subtraction. I think Jarvis Landry has always been their best receiver. OBJ gets a lot of credit. And you know what? If OBJ is as great as OBJ thinks he is, how come nobody's running to run, assign him? Um, who do you think might get him? I think the Patriots. He's an interesting sign because of what Belichick's sort of done with reclamation projects. Corey Dillon, Randy Moss. Um, maybe that's his last stop. Or was it more Tom Brady, who's who's the one that protects these guys when they come there and gets them in line? Yeah, I, I don't think I think Randy had a bad reputation coming yeah. out of uh, of Rand, West Virginia, yeah, Rand, West Virginia, <laughs> and remember he was he was supposed to go to uh, Notre Dame, didn't get in there, went to Florida State, and then they he ends up out of there, and so he winds up at Marshall. But to me, when you look at it, I don't know if OBJ is going to be a fit. It's not a. I don't think with OBJ, it's it's necessarily. The personality, or he's a bad guy. I just think he wants to be in a big market. Yeah. I can tell you right well, now, he'd Seattle love ain't play, that. He'd love to play the, for other, the Rams. That's the other team that that's talked about getting him is Seattle and Pete Carroll. Well, what are they going to do? Worse than their draft pick status? Yeah. I mean, they're not going anywhere. The Rams have no draft picks left. Um, but I like the fact that they're all in. Is Odell Beckham Jr. the injured party here? There's people around the league. These guys wearing shirts, free Odell, like he was Nelson Mandela. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of like uh, Colin Kaepernick wearing a Castro shirt in South Florida. Real genius mm-hmm. move there. You know, to me, when you look at this, why are you wearing these free Odell shirts? He's free to go. Yeah. You know what? Maybe he should participate by catching the ball every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, let's switch to the AFC West, the other division, as Max Stark mentioned, where all four teams have a winning record, and they're all bunched up here. Right now, um, my boy Justin Herbert and the Chargers are the favorites at plus 130. Chiefs now plus 160. Raiders plus 550 and the Broncos plus $7. Before the year, you said Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos was the order. Have yeah. you changed your mind on that? I really haven't. Uh-huh. Even though the Chiefs haven't looked good defensively, I know they only gave up the seven points against the Green Bay Packers in this last game, Mike, but I still feel like this offense, if they get on track, they're still very dangerous. I, I think the Broncos have a sneaky shot to make the playoffs, and I know they're like plus 250 plus 275 to make the play. I don't know. I just, they get healthy at the linebacker position, and the defense is, is what it could be. Fangio's still regarded as one of the better defensive coordinators in the game, and I think Bridgewater keeps them in games, right? I, I, I would agree with you there, but look, Giants, Jaguars, Jets, and Washington football team. Now, the Dallas win was a fantastic win, mm-hmm. arguably one of the best wins, a dominant game in with the way they played there. Now, they've got the Eagles coming up. This is a very winnable game. Then they have a bye. Then they have the Chargers at home. They could potentially be looking at a four-game winning streak and be at seven and four. But the Eagles have played a little bit better. I thought they were very competitive against the Chargers, so I don't think it's a slam dunk, or at least it doesn't appear to be on paper. Okay. Uh, And then let's go to the NFC West, where the Cardinals are favored at minus 225 with the Rams, the second choice, plus 190. This was much closer before the year, right, with the co-favorites, Rams and 49ers. Uh, Seattle was a short price, and, and and then Arizona was the fourth choice. This now has really become a two-team race here. You still like the Rams to win the division. I, I do, but I don't understand this price. I mean, plus 190 is still very high. They're it's, only it's, a game back. Similar to the preseason Yeah, price. exactly. And, look, they still have Jacksonville, Seattle. They'll be better. But And they got the 49ers in the final week of the season. They have the Vikings at Minnesota, at Green Bay, and at San Francisco. Some tough games. I don't know. I, I don't know if Arizona should be a runaway choice at this point in time. I don't think they should be a runaway choice either. I, I would make them more like minus 130 and the Rams like plus 160, something like that, or maybe plus 150. It, it's definitely two teams now. I'm. Uh, do you think Seattle, even if Russell comes back this week and plays the rest of the year, has a shot? I do not. No. I mean, you see it reflected in the odds of 25 to 1. But I will say one thing, the Arizona schedule is much easier than the Rams down the stretch. All right, hockey season is underway. We've had a few weeks of action now. Most teams have played uh, 11 or 12 games at this point. New favorite right now to win the Stanley Cup, the Florida Panthers. They did lose that game uh, last night to the Rangers. Avalanche co-choice at plus 650. Your two-time defending champion, <laughs> Lightning, are line to one. The Vegas Golden Knights are plus 950. I'd like to take the no on that. Yeah. Uh, then Maple Leafs, Oilers, Bruins, Hurricanes. Well, Hur- Hurricanes have played very well at the start of the season as well. They've been terrific in terms of what they've been able to mm-hmm. do so far. They're 9-1, and one, and you mentioned it, um, Florida 10-1-1, uh, and one, so... 
Really nice job by this Hurricanes team. I think they're going to be one that's there. I think the Rangers are a dangerous team with Shesterkin. I think they're very good. Look, he gave up a goal 20 seconds into the third period, gave up two goals in the final minute and a half. But yeah. I, I think he's a very good goaltender, and that's what you need in the playoffs. Can you get the goaltending that's going to help you win? Well, I think they have a talented team. They've been building a team, and now they have Gerard Gallant, yeah. who's proven he can do it. I mean, the guy took the, the Knights to the finals as an expansion team. Um, I'm a little surprised that that Metro division is really all muddled up, right? I mean, the Penguins are in last place in the division right now, but it's very tight, obviously. Not a lot of separation after 12 games. Tell you who I like out West. I like Calgary. Mm -hmm. Markstrom's been outstanding. They've won loss. You like them better than Edmonton to win the division? I do, because I'm not sure uh, if Koskinen and company can necessarily hold hold up that edge when you get to the postseason. Look, we know Dreisaitl and McDavid, what they can do offensively. This team is unbelievable. Um, But I just think that the way they defend... Calgary outshoots everybody. They just don't give you the opportunity to get good shots on goal. I bet the Blues at plus 850 to win the division. Um, That's not a bad play. Yeah, after the first week of the year. I think they'll be in it to the very end. I think this team has underperformed for a couple years. I mean, they still won the Stanley Cup two years ago, and I don't think you can discredit that, and I just thought the price was right. I think it's a two-horse race, though, uh, in the Pacific, as you said, between Calgary and Edmonton. Probably will go down right to the end, and they'll play each other a million times. You got plus 850 to win the division? Yeah, to win the That's preposterous. That's a great bet. Yeah. I, mean, I, gonna, th- I thought I, the price should have been more like four to one. I don't even think it should be that high. It's yeah. a two horse race to me between Minnesota and them. Dallas yeah. is struggling. Winnipeg's not that good. And Preds are inconsistent. Dallas never has enough offense. That's always the problem with them. They're not consistent enough. You can't go out there and say Dallas is going to get you three goals tonight because they don't most nights. Well, Mikey Moe's only about 50. We can bring him out of retirement. <laughs> no. All right, let's get back here. I'm all we've got about a minute left. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about, um, about the college basketball. When you look at the big 12 this year, um, is it a two-horse race really between Texas and Kansas in your mind? I, I think it is. And you know what's going to be interesting is how well Texas is going to defend with Chris Beard now as their new head coach. He comes down from Lubbock, takes over. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was a student at Texas. So we'll see how this team performs. It, it'll be a lot of fun. The big thing with uh, Kansas is Remy Martin, the Arizona State guard, has now transferred into KU. Should be a lot of fun to watch this team. Should be a very competitive Big 12. And those two games, when we see them this year, the one at the Fog, I can't wait till Texas goes to the Fog this year. Remember, they won by 25 at the yeah. Fog last year. This is going to be an opportunity. You're going to have students in the crowd. That will not happen again when you've got a home crowd. That was the difference when you saw with no fans in the crowd in those types of matchups. But I give a slight edge to Kansas. Mich- uh, Michigan and Purdue for the Big Ten. Those are the best two teams? Uh, I would think so. I, I think so. Purdue's going to be a t- uh, load this year. Kentucky going to win the SEC? Yeah, they should be the runaway favorite there. I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think it's as deep as it has no, been. No, it hasn't been. It's been exactly. in past years. Stay tuned to Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Up next, Betting Across America. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.